welcome to Fans of the Genre, episode two for November 7th, 2016. I'm Rhodes Clark. I'm Brian. And I'm Mikey. How y'all doing? I'm a sleepy boy. Yeah, 9 a.m. on a Saturday was a little earlier than I I thought. I guess now I'm outing it that it's not actually November 7th, 2016. But, um... Oh, well. Uh, Yeah, I wake up at six every day during the week and for whatever reason like i woke up at 8 30 today and i just felt mm-hmm. fucking trash i was like <laughs> i've heard that it's not like getting more sleep that makes you feel good it's actually getting consistent the, amounts of sleep yeah. every yeah. single night so even if you're getting like five or six hours of sleep every night you're gonna feel better than the one day you sleep eight or nine yeah that's what my uh bedtime app tells me on my iPhone. interesting <laughs> Of course you have a bedtime app. <laughs> it's built in now. It's part of the alarm clock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It has a bed. That's right. Okay, sorry. I've used that, too. Th- of those I alarms are great. App. Like, I want those, like, alarm tones just mm-hmm. for, like, just standard alarm usage. But, like, yeah. they're, like, uh, partitioned specifically for that app. Oh, that's right. The bedtime app alarm tones are very good. I remember yeah. that. They're softer and they like mm-hmm. ease you awake more than just sort of like yeah, or, or glare like, in your face. Yeah, or in bedtime, let me set more alarms because I'm one of the people that sets like five alarms at like 10 minute intervals. I hate you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I hate that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I have one and then I'm awake. Um, guys, we launched a podcast. We did. Uh, how many listeners did we have? Um, a million. <laughs> wow. We are very successful. Yeah. Good job guys. Yeah. Like in terms of numbers, there was a lot. We've had the most we've ever had. No, uh, so that's good. Uh, um, infinity percent I hear. Right. From, so from sun, the Sunday before we launched the podcast to the Monday, we, we were up like a lot of percentage points. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's good. It's, it's good. Um, so what are the webbies? Like, should we like, like we need well, to like, we set some days. Early. I think we might have missed the deadline, but we should probably try to get it in there. Oh no! Um, I I think that like with our massive success, they'll just put us right in. That's sort of like, what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Like once we show them the percentage points from zero to one, it's uh, it's gonna cool. do the growth. Yeah. They're gonna no I, yeah. I synergy. I just, you know, I, since I'm we're so <laughs> popular and we're so successful now, like I need to plan this ahead. So like, I need yeah. to find out when the webbies are. Put it in my calendar because it's filling up quick. They'll put right. it in your calendar for you. Oh, right. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we need that star treatment now. <laughs> and we'll get it. Um, Good. So I realized last week we didn't even really like talk about the show. Like, I don't know. I think some people probably like it when we just dive right into whatever we're doing. But uh, I just wanted to let you or talk to you guys about like why we're doing a podcast. I mean, why do we get to talk about our opinions and why are our opinions better than everyone else? <laughs> Well, I guess um, I'll start. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, my first gateway into podcasts were like downloading the audio files separately on my phone, like not even using a podcast app and just listening to IGN podcasts. And uh, and I thought that like none of the other podcasts would be for me, but then like that really did sort of pave the way for me to like get into this sort of stuff. And I've always wanted to do a gaming podcast since then, and that was like. 2010 or something and i've never had the people there to do it but you guys are here we're here now yeah um for me i think it's just like i think i really started listening to podcasts at the tail end of 2014 uh especially like 
just between shifts at work and driving and things like that. And Mm -hmm. was really into listening to people that I, uh, grew to like through Twitter and other, um, websites. And I was like, well, I guess I can do that too. But again, the motivation wasn't there until the people sort of spoke up. And so I'm really excited to be recording this. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to do a lot of, uh, writing in games media and then, uh, I kind of stopped whenever I was trying to finish up school and kind of fell out of it and wanted to kind of just get back into discussing games and putting my feet back into the, uh, games media waters as it may be. Uh, and yeah, and I, I just feel like right now, um, like we were just talking about a gaming podcast that we used to adore. And like, I I just feel like the conversations that I want to see happening aren't happening the way that I at least like not as much as I'd like to. And I feel like, mm-hmm. like the three of us to are actually like, like, like we, we have, have the same want and desire to kind of have yeah. conversations that we're not seeing about in games and like doing a little more like retrospective. Yeah. I think work. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to talk about how, I don't know, like the original pitch for this was to like, analyze current games and their relation to old games. And I think we can still do that without having so much structure. And I think just this whole podcast is about like how games don't exist in a vacuum and like (coughs) our lives and, uh, games that came before them and a whole bunch of other factors kind of go into why we play them and like what we get out of them. And I think the conversations that we'll have on this show will reflect that. So, yeah, I feel like we're set up in a way that we aren't uh, kind of painted into a certain corner of discussion. Like, I, I, w- I want it to be open, and I want us to try yeah. new things and yeah. approach topics from different angles. And, you know, I want it to grow. Or, I don't yeah. want it to, to be a static thing. Right. Or even so. to just comment off of other conversations going on in games media yeah. and Twitter yeah. on podcasts. Right. Yeah. Without it being like a News of the Week show, which... Yeah is done and done yeah cool um do you guys want to move into what we've been playing or is there anything else you wanted to add um yeah so just real quick i I don't want to like on like the news of the week thing like i want to be somewhat topical Mm -hmm. and like because yeah yeah like we want to like like have the conversations that we actually like see happening in the space and so like part of that will be topical but we don't want to just we don't want 40 minutes of digesting the news that right exactly that you'll see on on twitter and can ingest and like 15 seconds so right yeah yeah cool. and i think the last thing too is just we're really open and interested in uh listener feedback uh mm-hmm. actually yeah. bringing folks on or just chatting with other people who maybe are or aren't do or don't have like a large voice out there but still want to be involved in some way yeah so and uh and, and one last thing uh i, I just want to you know have a good conversation with my good buds and like yeah. buds and, you know, and be like a positive outlet for people to enjoy yeah. games and not, uh, not just be old, but big old poopy monsters when it comes to talking about the things we like. Agreed. Yeah. And I think I'm going to touch on that a little bit. Um, um, do, oh, do you have one more final thing? Old. <laughs> no, um, okay. just in, in my getting old segment. So. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Brian, what have you been playing? 
Um, so I've been playing a couple games this past week. Uh, I started a new playthrough in Fallout 4. Um, I'm playing a pretty badass gun-slinging um, uh, character, female character this time around, with blue hair, and I'm really excited to see where she goes. I've been trying to limit myself with that to be a, uh, a non-stealth character, because I feel like Bethesda games, you sort of break them if you play stealth. So my favorite weapon with her right now is this pipe revolver that I found and have been um, customizing. But I also just did the railroad for the first time. If anyone is not familiar with that, that is one of the factions in Fallout 4 mm-hmm. that you can choose from. And the first quest or mission to find them revolves around you following the Freedom Trail in the Boston Commonwealth. And for, for better or for worse, I did not realize that was literally a brick road leading through the city. Yeah. And so once I finally put two and two together and realized that's what the Freedom Road was, I started following it and got there and things led to another and I found the deliver the deliverer. Is that what it's called? The, yeah, the silenced pistol. pistol. Yeah. And now I'm rethinking everything because that thing is just too good. Yeah. And I, I think I, I did the same thing in my playthrough where, uh, I took a, a specific character and was like trying to role play that character where I wanted to be more like heavy handed, like using melee and kind of like sturdier weapons. And then I got the deliverer and like, uh, was using a lot of uh, sneak attack bonuses and I was like, Oh fuck, this is just too much fun. Yeah. So huh. I'm having a existential crisis with that right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, piggybacking into what I've been playing, I, uh, just started new Vegas for the first time. Uh, hmm. I adore Wait, Fallout. For the first time you never played it when it came out. No. Uh, cause oh, I, wow. so when Fallout three came out, I, got it like maybe a month after everyone started it and I adored it and still to this day I adore it. But, uh, Obsidian made new Vegas, correct? Yeah. Yep. Um, and they also did, uh, Knights of the Old Republic two. That's right. Which I, I, again, I adored Knights of the Old Republic and I absolutely did not like Kodor two. Really? No. Weird. I uh, I played through all of Kodor two, but could never finish one. Oh, like I I thought really that they, I thought they overcomplicated it with a lot of uh, unnecessary systems. Um, I just hmm. I felt like it was really convoluted and, and obtuse at the, like with how much they added. Uh, I didn't enjoy the story nearly as much as like I, I feel like Kodor's story is pretty iconic with Darth mm-hmm, Revan yeah. and Darth Malak and all the twists. Um, yeah, I, I I really was hesitant about New Vegas because Obsidian made it, and by the time that I found out that it was actually a pretty damn good game, like like the time had come and gone for that game. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I just never got around to it because I didn't really trust Obsidian, and I'm playing it, and I have a few of the same issues. Like it's it's hard uh, trying to think back to what Fallout Three did, and because uh, like I have like more recently put in like 150 hours into fallout four. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like a lot of the same thing where there's a lot of like new systems that I feel like they fit fallout better than they fit, uh, star Wars. But, um, like it's really making me appreciate how far fallout four is 
like how far ahead that is from these games because it truly like Fallout Four is exceptional. Like, okay, that game, so I have a question about that. If you don't mind me kind of interrupting, um, when I I have like a weird relationship with Fallout Four where you know it's sort of hard to escape the hype, and I had built it up as this like. Oh, it's going to be Fallout 3 again. It's going to be me playing for hundreds of hours doing like building the perfect character and I just could not really get into it and I just think that those games may, might not be for me anymore. But I do remember feeling playing Fallout 4 like this is basically the same gameplay as 3. Um, <clears throat> no. Being someone that's played Fallout 4 a lot and then just jumped into an older one, which New Vegas, it, like gameplay-wise, is basically a carbon copy of 3. Like you're doing the same yeah, stuff, largely. Um, largely, How, like what changes are there between that you've noticed? What are the biggest changes between like the Fallout Three and New Vegas era and Fallout Four? So between uh, Fallout Three and New Vegas, Bethesda, as a publisher, has put out a lot of first-person shooters, and they adapted a lot of those ah. mechanics and put it into Fallout Four. Like I was actually con- like legitimately contemplating a Fallout Four run where I didn't use Vats. Because oh, because the, the gunplay is actually like like if, if you play it now and you compare it to you know like Destiny or Titanfall like yeah it isn't a great on its own first person shooter but like and, it, and I it's been so long since I started my Fallout Four run um, yeah but like I picked weapons that felt good to play like without that so, like I have a I think it's the combat rifle it's actually like mm-hmm. really fun to just like run around and play with mm-hmm. and. I tried doing that in New Vegas and I remembered why Vats was so important and like yeah. why combat in like the like earlier Bethesda uh studios games are like like I didn't like um Oblivion or uh Morrowind because of the combat mm-hmm. like and Fallout and 4 no bats. Yeah. Like <laughs> and, yes, and yeah. like Fallout 4 actually um steps that up like significantly. I think yeah. they took a lot of systems from um like Doom and Wolfenstein and they like like running around with a shotgun in Fallout 4 feels like running around with a shotgun in like Doom kind of. Like you're not quite as like overpowered and like, cuz it's cuz you're not supposed to be. Right. Um, but no, like Fallout 4 you can reasonably run around and not use bats and get by where I'm playing New Vegas and it's damn near impossible to get by without bats. Um, hmm. I didn't play a ton of Fallout 3. I think really the, the most I got into it was the, the time right before 4 came out, and I, got it, I was given it free on my Xbox with my pre-order of Fallout 4, um, which oh, I don't pre-order cool. very often, but that was definitely... Don't pre-order that, games. That's bad. Uh, but playing it on the Xbox uh, One, I guess, almost felt as though like it... It, it would have preferred. I would have preferred to play it on PC because it felt like the controls were more geared toward a PC like point and click, right? Kind of shooter, like almost as though like Half Life Two maybe kind of felt um, a little more of a physics puzzle than an, an actual shooter with guns sort of tacked on. But with Fallout Four, it, it does feel a lot more natural to just play, and I find yeah. myself trying to to not use bats as well. Absolutely, but I, I would when say I do, that that's fun. correct. Yeah, um, I. My my biggest gripe actually with Fallout Four is that is the progression system, um, like you're leveling up. For those oh, I love unfamiliar, it. like 
in Fallout 3, I remember feeling like you were kind of set on a path and you'd have to sort of build your character a certain way. And uh, in Fallout 4, it's almost like way too freeform. Like there's no level cap, so you can essentially pick every single skill. And that's great if you want to mix and match things. Yeah, but I, I think it's... I ended, like I ended up doing like a really weak shotgun spread approach with my character and like I wasn't particularly good at anything and I don't think that the game encourages you to like get into a certain skill set or type of play style like a role and play I, yeah I, I just sort of felt a little aimless and that's like mostly on me I get that but I, I, I would have appreciated some guidance from Fallout or it's like hey if, like maybe the game knows a certain way you're playing it's like hey you, you tend to crouch and stealth around a lot so maybe you should pick this skill or like you go on guns and blazing quite a bit, so upgrade this perk. And I just, I didn't, I don't know. I, I appreciate how it just like lets you wander and do whatever you want. But um, I think I'm not alone in, in some gamers yeah. or people who play games who want a little bit more guidance. Um, yeah. Do you think that that's a direct uh, evolution from the Skyrim philosophy of become better at whatever you just are doing? Because so, yeah, that was like, a I, big thing. I, I, I actually, had. yeah, I, I feel like Fallout 4's skill progression was a direct response from Skyrim where they like, they really needed to make those franchises distinct from each other because right. like other than like the guns in the setting, like, you know, before like three and, uh, Oblivion were some, like a, a lot more similar than what Skyrim and Fallout 4 are. So like, I, I, and I, I personally actually really love, uh, Fallout 4's skill progression because you can like you can actually go down the chart and see like what you need to get to a certain perk that you want to play with. And like, mm -hmm. you're, like you can see your options and I feel like you can actually plan out better to do those kinds of characters because like in fallout, uh, new Vegas, like, like every time you level up, like all of your individual skills are like, like one to 100 in mm -hmm. terms of like what you can do. And so like each yeah, time you level, you get like 12 points to allocate and, refresh rate. and you know, and you have your level, level cap. And I feel like in Fallout 4, it encourages more, uh, kind of exploration of those skills where, uh, like you can kind of go down and see something that you want and then you can actually start building towards that that way. Or, um, like you, you see the different, like, uh, what different levels of each skill will provide. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I feel like, four is actually like because of that is I feel better designed to accommodate uh, playthroughs of a certain style. Cause like, otherwise you need to like go on like to a wiki and like look up like, Oh, if I want to do like a stealth playthrough, like what should I start investing in early in new Vegas? Because it's a lot harder to tell when you'll get like to that point. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it just, I, I actually kind of fell off Skyrim too. And I, I think that, uh, it might, it might just be Bethesda's model of open world exploration games are just not really for me anymore. And that like kind of breaks my heart because I played Fallout 3 a lot. So and I, I think it was just a different time in my life where I could do that. Yeah, I, I think um, it goes back to our conversation last week about um, having a, like less time to invest. Because yeah. like for me, like I think right now, um, from last I touched Fallout 4, like I've only played it on one... Uh, as one character on one file. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm like 165 hours into it. And it's at least like 
double-digit double hours that I've spent just, like, at terminals reading. Yeah. Like, Very like cool. th- th- that is so much of that game for me, is, like, just going in and getting these uh, stories that are just, like, not even, like, in any way, like, given to you. Like, you go out and you search for them, and um, right. you're picking up, like, little pieces of and tidbits of story, like, by exploring these buildings and hacking terminals and like trying to get context clues. And like that, that for me is what makes fallout special. And like, that's kind of what I go into it for. Um, yeah. And, and I feel like fallout Four, especially like since like just the way that like the map works and the way that you explore, like, and like, you'll like, Oh, I'll get like a distress signal on my radio. And then you have to go out and like find it. Like, I, I feel like the way that fallout four presents its world to you is like absolutely what I want in like an RPG. Like, like I am, I'm, I need to play through the DLC. Like I'm on Fallout 4. I'm right at the very end. Like I just need to choose a mm-hmm. side to do the final mission with. And then, uh, I can get into the DLC, but if the DLC is half of what I expect it to be, I might put Fallout 4 above Fallout 3 in my, oh. uh, like in personal ranking. Yeah. And, and, and Fallout 3 is, I absolutely adore and is one of my favorite games of all time. But I, I, I think so. I thought, I think a big reason why Fallout 4 um, wasn't received as well is because it came out while, like, while it was like months later, while people were still playing The Witcher 3 and yeah, people were playing Metal Gear Solid 5. Hmm. Like, it, it just came out after like some really heavy hitters. And, yeah. And heavy like, open world hitters too. Yeah. And so I feel like it kind of, there was a little bit of fatigue there and that like the true reward of like of really Bethesda games is like deep investment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like that just kind of had it going against it. But like, like in retrospect like fallout four is easily my favorite game of last year. And it's like one of my favorites of all time. Like fallout four is phenomenal. And like, and mm-hmm. I, like I was really excited about mods coming to PS4. Cause that's what I played it on. And like, and, and still like, even though like, the promises of that game haven't been fulfilled. Like it's everything else about it is still so fucking phenomenal to me that that's like stands in like my favorite games of all time. Wow. Like, yeah, I, I adore fallout four. He was fantastic. I definitely played I, more than any other game like last year. So I got to say it's probably up there too for me with, with that favorite games of 20, but 15, but yeah. Dang. Yeah. Guys, for me, it honestly felt like a wet fart, but that's okay. <laughs> like, so I, I, I get I, it. I want it. I like. I. I the, the world is so cool, and like, it's. I love the post-apocalyptic stuff. But so I, I would say, and I know it's like a lot to like reinvest into it. But I would say, yeah. go back and give it another shake because I. I really feel like, yeah, there was all the hype around it, and there were so many things that came out at that same time, and mm-hmm. like, I would say, I, hey, I. I traded it in. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. as I was going to say, I could let you just borrow my copy. Cause I, I do have a physical copy of it. Oh, okay. I, I actually, I got the, the Pip boy edition. Me and Evan did. <laughs> and so, and I, I, oh. I, I wore my Pip boy for a while. I think I might just do that. Like I'll wear my Kigurumi and my Pip boy <laughs> around the house. <laughs> just wear it to work. Um, right, let's um see how that goes. Uh, so, so actually like, uh, I was working in a restaurant at the time and like, f- like four of us bought the Pip boy editions and we were all going to mm-hmm. wear them together. That's funny. Uh, but then I was like, 
Uh, no, I'm not getting this dirty because I was working in a pizza place and I was not going to get like sauce on my pit boy. If I get sauce on my pit boy. Um, <laughs> no, but the, the main problem is that I have, uh, and I, I don't know what, what version, but I have, uh, I've had an iPhone plus ever since mm-hmm. like two or three years ago. So like I didn't have a phone that fit the pit boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, I still have it on. Like it came on a little like pedestal thing and I have that displayed in my room. So. So what I did is I did not buy the Pit Boy edition because I don't think I was in, I'm not, I wasn't invested enough at the time. But uh, Polygon, it's a video game website. They released uh, an article shortly after Fallout Four came out that the brand Nyko has a second screen phone holder for PlayStation Four and Xbox One controllers. So I have this silly little attachment oh, to one of no, my Xbox One controllers. <laughs> yeah, and there's a picture on my Twitter of it from last year where it will hold my phone right above the comfortably too and securely right above the, wow. the controller and it is sick as hell for the uh for the fallout 4 second screen uh, Th- that app. actually yeah that I actually, actually sounds, that sounds really cool. pretty good yeah it's really awesome but the sad part is i can't take a picture of it because it's just holding phone. my phone <laughs> uh, i'll figure huh. out a way and send it and send it to y'all maybe you can put it in the show notes but this thing is it's great a and mirror, it was ten dollars and a mirror selfie yeah okay <laughs> there and you it's go got, one of the silly peripherals I have for my Xbox One controllers. Nice. That's pretty good. Uh, I've been playing Titanfall 2. Team Fortress 2? Uh, yes, yeah, Team Fortress 2. Um, Titan no. Fortress 2. Titan Fortress. Yeah, it's a, it's a good. I'm not a huge shooter guy, but this year, and actually like maybe even a little bit of last year, I think most of the AAA games I've been purchasing are shooters. Like I've got doom that i still need to finish and i bought battlefront last year and i guess you could call fallout for a, a shooter yeah. um but i like for the last two or three years i've seriously considered buying an xbox just to play titanfall and then yeah i, I did came, do that you did do that yeah and it's a good game but i don't it, know if i would have been happy with a it, 500 dollars yeah. copy of titanfall no <laughs> um, no i i i use my so actually right now I, I am using my xbox one to play fallout new vegas uh, oh, okay. Oh, backwards compatibility. Yeah. So yeah, like the first time I've like really used my Xbox since uh, Quantum Break, like oh. to, to play to do anything other than like watch TV. I'm yeah. pl- playing an Xbox 360 game. So like it's been mm-hmm. like since like March since I've like actively like played, played video games on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, just because there's nothing exclusive to it that I really. Like, like t- Titanfall actually like, was like a system seller. They just didn't follow yeah. it up with anything. Um, it's hard to derail the conversation, but uh, um, yeah, it's all good. No, yeah, like, I I got it. I spent five hundred dollars on uh, a Titanfall box, and isn't it literally a Titanfall box? No. Oh, that would have been cool. If you had the Titanfall Xbox One. Yeah. No, it's just, just uh, a standard Xbox One. But like, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that Titanfall one was great for you know what it was it should have been i hate to you know say how much a game's worth but like if that were a more like kind of honest like hey this is just a multiplayer game like here's like yeah like like 40 or 50 bucks like i would have been much more like like yeah that's great that's perfect because it just didn't really have enough to warrant like like it didn't have enough inbox to warrant that i think respawn entertainment heard your cries and put a campaign in this one real quick. I want to touch on, I play Titanfall one briefly at a friend's house, but it's, you guys have friends that like, don't know how to calibrate their TVs or set them up so that they're like game ready. And like, 
they just live with it and they don't understand any better. Like this guy's Xbox One was hooked up to an HDTV that there's like a like a noticeable latency and they didn't do they just they just don't do anything about it. So I tried playing Titanfall one and I was like, dude, like this something's janky. Like I cannot play this game because it's so laggy, but like people just learn to live with that shit. Anyway, so uh I didn't actually really get to play it because I um because of that. But uh Titanfall two has a campaign and I think I've actually spent a little bit more time with the multiplayer just because um that's the meat and potatoes. I don't know. I, I, well, it's meat and potatoes, and I also just kind of wanted to like turn my brain off for a bit and not pay attention to anything. That's fair. Uh, but last night I tried playing um, a little bit more of the campaign, and man, I don't know how I feel about it and the game in general, and that's kind of a bummer. And I haven't given it... I've probably played like maybe two or three hours, not of the campaign, just of the game in general. And... Uh, it feels really, really good. Like the double jump and the wall running and connecting those two. It's and got like good mouth very, feel. very fast. It's got it good mouth Doom feel. Because Doom was the same thing. We're like, holy shit, this game just feels like great. Like Bada. Um, so I actually Bada. think that this feels a little better than Doom just because I like jumping around and I like wall running. And you can't really yeah. do that in Doom. Is Doom that your is hot take fluid. for the episode? <laughs> no. No. Um, okay. Titanfall Doom. Doomed. Doom is... That was bad. Be, <laughs> that was bad, and you should feel bad. Uh, um, if you edit it out, it'll feel something more controversial. True. Good point. Oh, yeah, bleep it. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> go. Uh, uh, like, Doom feels good, but this is a different different level of good. Um, I noticed Doom also, real quick, they, like, let you tweak with, like, the motion blur and, like, like very granular, uh, yeah. like, visual settings. That's a very Bethesda thing to do. And, uh... If you like tweak it a certain way, it doesn't look or feel as good, and, and so it, it, there's a lot of that goes into like the visual processing of Doom to make it feel as good, which is interesting. Anyway, my point with Titanfall is that like, yeah, it's the best feeling shooter, but I actually don't think it can tout itself as a good feeling shooter if like I can't comfortably string together cool combos and moves without dedicating hours and hours and hours of practice. Like, yeah. So that, that, that was my concern with like that grappling hook. Where I'm I like, don't use the grappling hook that much and it doesn't show up much in campaign yet. So I, okay. um, but like in the beta, yeah, like that was sort of an issue. Like you, I ended up running into walls a lot with the grappling hook cause I don't know how to use it. Yeah. Um, but, well, um, yeah, and I, I've watched some like streams and like, I've, it seems like people, like it's not something you can like, like with like the free running and like the wall running and the jetpacks, like those kind of mm-hmm. feel fluid and natural. Like you yeah. just pick it up and it works. And like, from what I've seen with the grappling hook, it's like, kind of like there's definitely a learning curve there. Yeah, uh, I'd say there is. And I haven't used a lot of the stuff because like a lot of that is um, locked until you reach a certain level in the multiplayer. Um, but like I'm I, I'm 100% acknowledging that I am bad at this. Like it's not the game's fault. Like it's possible to do really cool shit. I'm just saying it doesn't feel good to be playing a multiplayer game and like you're trying to test out the environment um, and then like you just get shot out of the air and people are like, people are really good at this game and uh, it's just hard. It's, it's hard. It's not very comfortable for n- new players of the multiplayer, in my opinion. Uh, it just, I'm so, consistently in last place and there's no like <laughs> auto mute voice chat or auto turn it off. Oh, so you no. definitely get some people that are like, Oh, this guy sucks. Or like, you guys suck. Like if they're, you know, it's not as, 
positive as a uh there's a Overwatch. recent multiplayer game. I would say Overwatch is a pretty good community, but like this is definitely inspiring some of the you know, jerks to play yeah. games. Um, um so I the thing with Titanfall always was that if you're not good, then just stay away from the human players and like go after the AI. Like it has kind of like a I don't want to associate it with the MOBA, but like kind of like the MOBA idea where like there's also just like kind of infantry style yeah. like players and like like the human players are more like like elite and oh god, I hate that word. Uh, but, <laughs> but 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 they're more dangerous and like yeah, like you in in number one you can avoid them and just kind of like farm those younger guys or younger guys uh, like <laughs> bots and you could still the get bots. like experience and ads. kills and points that way. But they're worth a lot less. But like that's still a way that you can contribute without yeah. being able to play on the same level as the highly competitive players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say that, like, as for the campaign anyway, you know, it's been said many, many, many times, but, like, you know, when you're building a campaign about a game in which you, like, control a giant robot sometimes and a, you're on foot some other times, like, it, it has to design scenarios where, like, you can't be in the Titan at all times and you can't be on foot at all times. So, yeah. Like, the narrative elements that separate you and your Titan and the... uh the times that we're when you're together like it, it goes some places like the the campaign is very interesting for a you know for what this game is it's just like just as a first person shooter right um and i'm excited to see where it's going because it it's pretty out there um but like even in the campaign i'm playing on like regular difficulty and i find myself dying a lot and i think i'm just playing it wrong like i'm not used to a game with so much fluidity and so much movement because I haven't played any of the more recent Call of Duties where you also have double jumps and glides and slides and wall running and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm still sort of playing it like I would Modern Warfare or Modern Warfare 2 mm-hmm. or any other first person shooter. Um, and it's, I think I need to like reevaluate how I'm playing it and start looking up more and start looking for cool ways to like wall run and shoot and like chain together all these things all these pieces of a really cool combat scenario and I, i'm just not there yet and i it's not the game's fault um but so yeah like f- for me i played titanfall at pax before it came out mm-hmm. and like i i honestly had the opposite experience where i just kind of picked it up and like for a minute i was kind of like oh like oh shit how does this all work because like you know you've seen in trailers like oh you can just like run mm-hmm. on walls you have jetpacks you have all this stuff and it's, you're kind of like how does this work and then like i picked it up and i immediately like, connected with it and then this past year at pax i played uh lawbreakers the new game yeah. from um cliff blazinski boss that, key productions yeah is, and is i the, keep going yeah it's, it's it's kind of it to reductively put it it's like a like real life looking overwatch Hmm. Oh. Um, like uh, that's kind of the idea as the same kind of like control, like team based. Isn't it also like really flippy and like, <laughs> I don't know. Can't you do like a lot of crazy maneuvers? It, and and th- that's what I was getting at where like, I'm seeing all these people around me doing all this crazy shit and I can't for the life of me figure out how to do it. Like I had the total mm-hmm. opposite experience where in Titanfall, like I immediately felt empowered and that I could do all these like crazy acrobatics and, um, uh, and all this insane shit. And then like, I'm seeing people do that in lawbreakers and I'm just kind of like, like, how did you do that? Like which buttons yeah. do I need to press to, to be doing that? Well, okay. I, I want to say real quick that like, 
I can play Titanfall and I know how to do all of the things. It's putting it all together in a live multiplayer scenario where I need to aim and shoot and wall run and jump and slide and do all this at once to chain together really cool shit. And I actually think I'm just trying too hard, but like, I don't know. It, 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 it's just hard. I don't know. I'm just having a hard time with it. It gives you a difficult, it it gives you difficulty when you are imagining yourself, like whether or not this is going to be like a three hour game that maybe you just put down next week and some pick up something else and not touch again versus something that you can sort of actually visualize yourself playing for the next yeah. hours. That's kind of and how I, I see games. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I, I still want to keep playing it because I, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool and I think I could get good at it, but it's just like, you know, with, with like a real life kind of getting in the way, I can't just dedicate time to learn it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of understand the idea. It's like for me, I, I feel like the grappling hook, like just kind of threw a wrench into like the like understanding of the fluidity that Titanfall mm-hmm. had. Like, like well, yeah, I've just, heard. Well, I, just real quick, like I, I listened to the Giant Bombcast, and, and Jeff Gerstmann was playing, and he's like, "Oh yeah, a lot of people use it, but I don't. I use the stem pack. Like, I think people who are really playing the game and understanding it are like." not really using it that much like it's mm-hmm. cool but i'm not really like even in the beta i couldn't really understand how it helped me get the edge on people as aside from just like being able to maneuver very quickly right yeah like and it's definitely a lot like you're yeah. kind of uh getting a little bit of sensory overload because there's like like how many like human players are in a multiplayer match i think it's 8v8 yeah. Uh, maybe like 6v6 or something. So it's 6v6. There's bots everywhere. There's yeah, there's explosions. bots everywhere. There's mechs everywhere. Like, there's so yeah. much going on that, like... And then, like, throwing in extra mechanics on top of what was in one. Like, I totally understand, mm-hmm. especially not playing one, how, like, yeah. that can just... It's... Yeah, it's a little hard it's, to chain everything together. Like, I think, actually, I came across the same thing with, like, the uh, the smart pistol. Because I feel like it mm-hmm. worked in, in a weird way that, like... Okay, like, I, I understand how to do all these things with, like these more like typical guns that I've played with in virtually every first person shooter. Um, yeah. but then like the smart pistol, like was just like that one, like extra step too far where like with like tagging people. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I just, I'm doing so much right now that I can't throw another thing on top of that. Like, you know, right. I, I can only keep so many plates spinning. Right. Yeah. And, and part of it also like the custom, uh, loadouts for, um, multiplayer come pre-equipped with like certain classes and you can tell that they're yeah. um built a certain way before you go in and tweak them yeah that's I how almost one wish works i almost wish they labeled them the way like in un- weirdly enough like uncharted 4 does with their their preset loadouts yeah. or um a, a couple other shooters because like i, I want to know like okay this is the assault class this is the something else class just so i can kind of like frame it a little better because mm-hmm. i don't know like and it all it's all custom, which is great. Like you can play how you want, but I don't know which uh gun works with this skill yeah. that works with this uh yeah. Titan. You know, I don't know how all that works in concert yet. And I, I need to figure it out. But yeah, so like I th- that'll all come with time, I'm sure. Yeah, like and that was actually kind of my problem with Battlefield One is that it's the opposite of that, where it's like there's four classes. There's uh like mm-hmm. assault, support, medic, and scout, which is like a yeah. sniper. And, like, I wanted a little more variability in that. Um, 
And like, so how many mechs are in Titanfall 2? Like, I forget, because it was three. I think, uh, I think they've added a fourth. I actually don't know. There might be a lot more than that. I thought there was like yeah. seven or eight. Yeah. I can't I, remember. But um, th- th- that I think that was the step for me that, like, where I couldn't get quite to, like, a super elite level. Like, I prestiged a few times, and I was pretty competent on multiplayer in Titanfall 1. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you need to balance your, like, soldier loadout and your mech loadout. And, like, finding the good chemistry between those to you know, complement each other. Yeah. And I like, also find myself forgetting to use the Titan. Like when it's readily available yeah. to me, I don't hit it immediately even because it has an yeah. autopilot mode where you can just like let it wreck crap. Wreck, yeah. Why did and, I and say I, wreck crap? Why did I censor crap. myself just then? It just wrecks crap on the battlefield. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I think that goes to like the sensory overload where there's just so much happening that even though it's, it's like flashing much. in your face, like here's yeah. your Titan, you're just like, you don't even like, process it immediately just yeah. too much yeah yeah so like yeah like i, I totally kind of see where you're coming from and there's a little bit of my hesitation with titanfall 2 um yeah all of that said i'm gonna play it right after we're done recording because uh, yeah. um i just want to get good at it and i have no obligations today so it's all Dude. all gaming all the time just like yeah. uh gaming, gaming just like, boys just like when i was 14 so I'm, um, i might actually uh yeah bully you into like streaming that or doing like share play and i'll watch you and kind of see what's up okay. with it because like i'm I'm super curious i was gonna say like, yeah. like oh one of these days because i'm pretty sure that i work like no more like five ten minutes from where you guys live like i know you guys moved i think that's recently. true no you're if you're in downtown bellevue then you're really close oh, we're we're so. like over like oh shit. yeah like, you're oh, very yeah, close right yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah so, you should come over sometime after work yeah no I, i'd be more than down to but um cool yeah, I'm I'm super curious to see kind of like what they carried over to Titanfall two and like like the progression from one to two. Just because, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, I'll I'll definitely stream it. Um, it's easy enough with and, with the beauty and magic of the PlayStation Four. And I think that is kind of like going slightly under the radar. Like, mm-hmm. like they actually oh, yeah, like, well, had like, like a, a development process. It wasn't like. All right, it's a new year. We need a new Titanfall. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they actually so have. That's, the, the that's interesting because, like, everyone's sort of blaming EA for putting Titanfall right between Battlefield One, its own game, competing with yeah. its own game, and Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, and then I saw it was Arthur Geese tweet out like a couple days ago. I know we're, we're probably going to mention his name every single episode for whatever reason. <laughs> we'll he, get uh, him on the show one day here. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. He uh, he tweeted like. It seems interesting to me that everyone's blaming EA for placing Titanfall 2 at this release date and not Respawn. And like normally I agree with most things he says, but I think Respawn would have to know that they would be putting themselves against two of the biggest franchises. I don't see why... Honestly, I don't see why any person, whether it's a developer or a publisher, would put their game out when they did. Yeah, um, I, I, It's too bad because it's good. Like I think it deserves a, a longer lifespan because it's because of its legacy, because of yeah. what it's doing with shooters, what it's done to the modern shooter. Like Call of Duty wouldn't have jump packs and wall running if it weren't for Titanfall. And it all it's this yeah. weird incestuous circle how like Call of Duty and Titanfall work together. But do you anyway. ever just like wonder if like there are just these conferences that all of these developers go to and like someone will just have a have like a, a breakout session where they all go and talk about implementing a grappling hook in their action game and then all of a sudden you get you know, like the Just Cause 2 guys have like a, it's, I mean, for, 
like for example, we we've all been to PAX, the Funnier Critic Expo, where yeah. you have developers that have sessions and, and also journalists and other folks that talk about like certain topics in in the industry. And and sometimes well, I imagine these folks go to these conferences and they're like, We gotta do grappling hooks, man. Or well, it's the year of so, the bow, dude. Year of the bow. Every year, uh, I think it's the week before PAX Prime, like they have PAX Dev, which is yeah. devel- developers come and then they just have an internal like mini conference. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So like that, th- that absolutely happens. And I, I don't know quite how it works on like the top tier, like triple A like, companies, but like for like the smaller games, you, like you like see that like on, like for like indie developers, you see like on Twitter, like people kind of like going back and forth and like at PAX, you'll like just be like walking around. And like, if you know, you know who they are, you'll recognize and see like devs like talking to each other and like, yeah. And like, yeah. like, I'm sure that people are sharing ideas and everything. I doubt that it happens to the scale that you're talking, Brian. Like, yeah. But like, it is weird how that one year, like, yeah, Far Cry Three had a bow, Tomb Raider had a bow, like other all these other games <laughs> share well, DNA. I also, I also uh, don't think about like the, the issue of diversity within video games. I think what 2013 or maybe it was 14, where there was the E3 with Assassin's Creed thing. Assa- yeah. Well, Assassin's Creed and like literally no female protagonists, and then. The two-year cycle goes around, and now we have tomb, yeah. like these Tomb Raider. Uh, well, Tomb Raider is already out, but to, to more of an extent. And then Fallout Four debuts itself with the the changing your sex mm-hmm. right on camera, yeah. and to, to it's, it's crazy. Like I think that it's great. Um, I just yeah. know that within the the scene that I work in, college admissions, um, it seems like there's no um, internal change until the upper like folks and that are higher up in the, in the departments attend these conferences and then issues yeah. are brought to light. And then, then there's like a paradigm shift. Yeah. And it all takes like two years in game dev because that's how long it takes to make a game. That's funny. right. Like yeah. I wonder what they're talking about right now that we'll see that's trending two years in, in E3 2018. Um, yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, so this year we have at least in the holiday season, we have three games with, um, black characters at least like on the cover um between battlefield one mafia three and watchdogs two yeah um i I should have rearranged those battlefield one (laughs) watchdogs two and mafia three uh oh i see one two three okay (laughs) uh some i think it was damon hatfield from ign post like like the games that came out in october this year is battlefield one watchdog or something to like all the way up to like seven like Mm -hmm. there, there were like seven different games of like that had so cycles. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, but yeah, like, so what was it last year? What was last year's game hook? Cause like, I, t- cause 2014 was jetpacks. 2013 was bows. 2014 or 2015 had something. It's open world. Um, I think that <laughs> that's when like the open world. Yeah. Like the Ubisoft model of open world sort of reached its peak, but that was yeah. like late 2014 throughout 2015 i mean yeah it, maybe it's a cheap example but was it the year of the next gen open world conversations of <laughs> yeah, yeah. metal gear and <laughs> fallout yeah something like that or and witcher and yeah i actually think last year it was sort of the uh um oh those like persistent living games like the division and destiny and there's something else M- but like M- and the drive club and and others like we all thought that was the future of games with this new yeah. console generation and it's not really working for no. a lot of people, but yeah. Anyway. Well, cool. um, did you ever finish dark souls three? This is a total weird aside roads, but I finished it. I never beat that one 
optional, the nameless king, super hard. Yeah, the super hard boss. Yeah. Um, um, I like. That I, I need to play. Yeah, I need to play the DLC. I heard it's good, not I heard great. It's not good. Yeah. I, I, I heard it was good, not great. Which, like, honestly, I just like. I don't need more of the lore, even though like I love the lore. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like I, I actually just want more things to fight. So I've if, sort if of that's really that, what like, it is. The, I've heard the problems with that are more of like a system level, like the way the AI works and the way the enemies attack you in this one, it feels like not as good, but I could be like, wrong. I'm going to be picking it up at some point. Like right now I'm in the middle of a lot of different games that I'm playing. Like, like I actually like feel guilty that I've fallen off of overwatch. Like I haven't played it since season two of competitive <laughs> yeah, play started. Here. So like, I really want to get back into it, especially with all the news, which, um, <laughs> Like real quick, because we don't want to be the weekly news roundup. Like they announced Sombra, they announced Sombra, yeah. sweet. Um, so yeah, that, that movie's or short film thing is fucking awesome. Like it's um, not as good as the Bastion one, but quick aside about Sombra, I was under the impression that Blizzard at some point made either a community post or a comment that stealth was not going to play a big factor in in um, Overwatch, sort of uh, likening it to how the spy is a really sort of important and frustrating character in Team Fortress 2, but I guess Sombra has stealth, so... Uh, yeah, I'll be she has, like, spy uh, like a cloak. Around. Yeah. She, she doesn't Sombra. quite have, like, uh, in Team Fortress 2, where you dress up as, like, another yeah. the other team. Like, hers is just, she has a cloak, and, um... Like, so, and the way that people found that out was, like, they hacked into the, like, sound files of, like, character voices, and there's, like, like, like there's somebody invisible here, and that's how, like, oh, shit, there's a stealth character. Yeah. Huh. Um, um, but yeah, I want to get back into. So I, I want to get back into Overwatch, but it seems and it's not too late. But I'm also not good at that game. I think I'm just not good at games anymore, guys. That's probably it. Yeah. Oh, well. um, but no, like the the arcade stuff that they announced, the the new like esports thing that they're doing, where they're doing it more of like a division based, like like most American pro sports, where it's like they're going to have like city based teams and. Um, it's going to have like a playoffs with like, you know, whoever's doing the best in their division makes the playoffs and like that. they're making it more in line with American pro sports, which hopefully translates to breaking more into the mainstream and becoming more yeah. accepted by like mainstream, like sports outlets. Like, you know, ESPN has their esports channel, but it's still like every time it comes on like ESPN proper, everyone's like, Oh, like, Fun like fact. Not, not, not like our community, but like, yeah, Wiley, it's just kind of like, ugh, they got the video games on ESPN again. I was yeah. on, uh, I was at Heroes of the Dorm this past uh, <laughs> spring for that's pretty good. The Heroes of the Storm Collegiate Tournament, where um, Arizona State University students won tuition paid for for their entire college career, and Holy I was actually shit. Are you kidding me? I'm talking. There are five year five year students that were there that were like, this is my last chance. Oh my um, god! I got opinions about that team all sorts that I don't need to share here, but uh, wow. I was That's actually so cool. in the, in the second row and on ESPN two holding up a sign, uh, that I drew of Chogall. <laughs> so if you look through the, 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 the final, the final, um, I think it was ASU versus, uh, university of Texas. Um, you're in it. You're on ESPN. You'll, you'll see me cheesing really hard. Brian That's sports awesome. boy Swanson on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. My big break into the, into the industry. Yeah. Um, um should we move on to any other topics? I've got one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I just wanted to talk to you guys about getting old real quick. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, how old are you? Part, I'm 24. Nope. Nope. Oh, 23. Look at, look at you old boy. Uh, 
Uh, I'll be 24 next month. Uh, so, Grace, my partner, is out of town this weekend. Nice. I miss, her, I miss her dearly, but yeah, that means that the, the games come out of their... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Are you, um, are you dancing around your underwear like Tom Cruise? I am recording this podcast in my underwear. Um, nice. Yeah. So We like, need to make this episode NSFW. <laughs> yeah, tag this, not safe for work. Um, so, like, part of me does sort of look forward to, like, the Friday night when she leaves where I can just, like, kind of play games and eat shitty food. And So I ordered a pizza, and Domino's makes it so easy to just tack on other shit. And yeah. I got chicken, their specialty chicken, whatever, and cinnamon sticks. So I, like, I hate that I know exactly what you're talking about because my roommate <laughs> uh, is absolutely like falls into those Domino's pits where he's just kind of like whole computer because he has T-Mobile and they used to like give him like a free pizza a week. Yeah, for a little I don't bit. Have, I don't do that. I don't yeah, mess with and, that. Well, like they stopped doing it because people were doing it a lot and they're like, oh, yeah. we can't uh, yeah. sustain this. But uh, yeah, no, I know exactly what snacks you're talking about, and I hate to say that they're actually pretty tasty. Yeah, and. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Domino's gets a lot of crap. Their personal pan pizzas are not hot bad. take are really good. Yeah. You, you have so many and, hot takes this episode, Ritz. And, uh, I know. And, and you can actually <laughs> order their pizzas well done. Like you can make them cook them a little bit more and it gets this really nice crispy edge on the bottom. I like it. It's good. I, I like my pizzas um, at al dente. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, al dente pizza, please. Um, it's, uh, so I was like, okay, psyched. I'm going to play Titanfall 2. I'm going to drink a little bit. I'm going to, um, I'm going to like eat a bunch of shitty pizza. And then like the pizza arrives. This was last night. Should, <laughs> the pizza we should have had a, a, a boy party. We probably should have had a boy party. Um, and then we could have been party boys at the boy party. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then this is how my mind works now. I still want to do all this bad stuff. And then when the pizza arrives, I'm like, well, I don't want to play games and eat pizza at the same time. Like my yeah. controller's going to get all greasy. Like, what am I going to, I don't want to like carry like four napkins next to me and like alternate between pizza and wiping my hands and still getting my controller. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll that, just watch a couple episodes of TV. That's exactly what I did last night. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then I like, I just like wolf down. I don't eat the whole, I don't eat all of the food. I, I think I ate about half of everything that was still sitting mistake. in my fridge. Is that I didn't eat the whole thing. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I like five minutes into this experiment, I'm already exhausted and like <laughs> full. You're, and you're I'm just like, yeah. And I'm like lying on the chair. I'm lying on a chair somehow. Um, and I'm like, I'm just going to keep watching TV. I keep <laughs> watching TV. And then I let myself sort of recover. I don't eat for a little bit. The thought of like the combination of cheese sauce and bread in my mouth is like giving me shudders, you know, um, are you having PTSD in the moment. Yeah. Like 10, <laughs> like so, post pizza PTSD. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm trying to think of what the like current traumatic stress disorder is. That, is, that, is that what that would be? Yeah. It was like in the moment stress disorder. Like, Oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me help you out and give you just a, a nice little tip. Um, if you want to regret your, your decision to buy all of that food a little less, yeah. then you decide to eat it again, warm it all up in the oven instead of the microwave, and it'll Hey, it'll you, know what's, uh, you know what's even worse than that? I eat it cold. I will leave this podcast session and just eat that shit right out of the fridge. Oh, no. You're, you're going to eat cold is... wings? I might. 
No, I, I make pizza decisions like based on how well it holds up like cold the next day. I could I could leave this conversation. <laughs> you, you should I'll, because cold pizza is fantastic. All right, now we have I, our first divide. I think. Wait, Brian, hold on. You don't like cold pizza? No. Oh, okay. I thought you took issue with the pizza too. No, I really don't. I thought you took issue with an abomination. Yeah, I thought you took issue with cold wings. I do. I do as well. I I love. So that's what I had last night. I had cold wings. Hey, wait. Okay, hold on. What's the what's the what's the difference between cold wings and putting like cold chicken in a salad? There's nothing. You you eat cold chicken all the time. You just don't don't think about it. Chicken off a bone. Oh, sorry. This isn't on the bone. So these are nuggets, basically. Yeah. Oh, so you have boneless wings? Yeah, you have chicken nuggets. No, they don't call them wings. They call them specialty chickens. Specialty chicken boys. Uh, so that was my <laughs> night. I was so excited to like get good at Titanfall, and then I played yeah. it after watching a couple episodes of uh, Atlanta, and I just sucked. I played for like maybe an hour. I played like three rounds and some of the campaign, and then I just like, I'm not good at it. And then I went to bed before yeah. midnight. No, I, I did the same thing. I went and got me some uh, delicious buffalo boneless chickens and uh, a <laughs> God, cheese quesadilla. Nuggets. And I ended up watching like two episodes of The West Wing and passing out. Yeah, it just sucks. I don't know, man. I just I guess I just uh, want to be able to like play games late into the night and be good at them and not feel like shit. And I just can't. Anymore. That's why we needed to have a boy party. I'm the yeah, most elite gamer out of all of you then because I built a PC last night for my partner with a beautiful green underglow and uh, then played Diablo 2 with some friends and played and topped the night off. I, I capped my night off with some Fallout 4. So you built a 2016 PC and then played Diablo 2. Uh, <laughs> I, built, I built her a, a brand new Swank gaming PC. But yes, okay. mine is the same exact PC and I played Diablo 2 with some friends. <laughs> And That's let fun. me tell you, that game is still very fun. It it's not doesn't have the quality of life that games have now, but yeah. at, at its core, the loop is still very good. It kind of made me I, weirdly want to play Diablo three. That makes See, sense because it's Diablo. Diablo yeah. makes me want to play Borderlands. You know what? Here's my hot take: Borderlands isn't good. Same. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done pretending that I like Borderlands. It sucks. You're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. Okay. I'm mad. Well, Borderlands 2 is fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. Episode like, 2. I, I've played through it twice <laughs> with my roommate Evan now, I think. Yeah. Um, I went back and tried to play the pre-sequel with uh, the boys on my uh, other pop culture podcast like a week mm-hmm. or two ago. And yeah, the pre-sequel is not great. Um, I enjoyed it when it came out quite a bit. But um, no, I love Borderlands 2. And like the original was fine too, was I think where it like got exceptional. Like it's it's a great game that like you can kind of passively enjoy. I played a lot of two, um, enough to to know whether I like it or not. And I think that we're in the hot take section now. By the way, well, we're definitely okay. fully into the hot take section. Here's my thing with Borderlands. It's like a oh God. I think the its attitude is obnoxious. I think its art style is muddy and um, like fake colorful. I think um, the, the loop is momentarily satisfying, but ultimately fleeting and empty. And uh, I don't think the gunplay feels very good. So there. I played one all the way through um, back in high school. And I, you know, 
it's kind of stupid, but my friends and I were really disappointed that at the end there was nothing in the vault except a big monster. I heard that the 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 the, the new vault for Borderlands Three, what's going to be in there is just a big middle finger to all Borderlands players. That's what I heard. <laughs> Game of the year. I'm being really I, harsh on Borderlands. I get it. I just don't like it. Like, so I I actually like a lot of times wish I didn't like it as much because uh, since like Randy Pitchford's done a lot of things, I'm just kind of like, hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to support you quite as much as I mm. like want to support Borderlands. Yeah, and I I don't know like I I don't know the guy like I'm could be totally wrong on him just everything that i've seen i'm just kind of like oh you're making it really hard to support you there bud yeah like yeah, I, he's sort of a weirdo yeah but like with uh like alien colonial marines like his like how we dealt with that i was kind of like oh, okay yeah kind of a dickhead <laughs> man we really uh, woke up on this podcast didn't we we kind of started this kind of sleepy and now we're like <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of edgy now. My, my coffee's yeah. kicking in, which was my problem last week. Oh, yeah. I So, a uh, little bit of a, uh, what's inside baseball? That's what the word is thinking yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, we're talking. Combination like, of words. Yeah. Like, last week, I, like, elected not have coffee because I didn't want to be a jittery mess. And that resulted in me just actually getting caffeine withdrawals and having a terrible headache. And I feel oh, like I'm now, sorry. like. No, it, it, it like we talked about it afterwards. Like that was absolutely what happened because I had coffee mm-hmm. and then I felt like a normal human being again. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I feel like like my coffee's kicking in. So like I'm getting like, yeah, like let's let's do podcasting, boys. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything else? Uh, what's yeah? Sorry, we're on the hot take zone. Yeah. Um, Brian, you got a hot take, or did you? Or are you sharing mine? Is yours actually on avocados? No, I just run avocado because okay, because I, I, I could talk about avocados. I, I, people who were like, man, avocados and like, tread Avo carefully. Toast. Tread carefully because I, I love me my avocados. Okay, I, I think we're all in the same boat. Without down to avocado, block. there'd be no guacamole. <laughs> I make some guac. exactly. I make good guac, Brian. We should make good guac like, sometime. Guaca, like if if <laughs> you don't like, you will. like a like a nice like toasted sandwich with avocado on it like who are you i can't just do avocado no no like i so my friend from london came to visit and he straight up opens an avocado gets a thing of salt and a spoon and like he just eat like eats like a super massive avocado and like it's like yep that was my that was my snack like i can't do that either it needs to be in guacamole format yes yeah it it, it needs it's a complimentary food it's not its own yeah yeah um Okay, uh, actual hot takes. Uh, any actual hot takes? Um, so uh, real quick, I want to double back to my hot take last week where I thought oh, yeah. I said that Doctor Strange probably wasn't going to be good. I was wrong. Okay. It, it is delightful. I thought it started a little slow and uh, the like jump from like set, like the beginning of Stephen Strange as a character to him going on the journey that turns him into Doctor Strange, like how he like makes the leap to finally go do the things he does, I mm-hmm. thought was absurd. But whenever you kind of just like take that in stride and let it go spend and your, just try to enjoy the movie, disbelief. yeah, like it's it's delightful. It's like I was really worried that it wasn't going to be funny because Doctor Strange is really sassy, mm-hmm. uh, and it's actually it's actually pretty damn funny. 
I think Marvel's at their best when they're doing the fun stuff, like Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, Rose Clark. Yeah, it's me, Paul Rudd. How's it going, Rose? (laughs) Um, That was actually a pretty good Paul Rudd voice. Uh, I I was actually... Wait, so Grace and I just watched Deadpool for the first time. Yeah. And I I, I like how that movie makes fun of all of its other movies. Mm-hmm. But like, so a, a form of criticism that I've read recently is that you only have the movie you're watching to know if it's good or not, you know? And I think that Deadpool or like, and that can extend to like any piece of content. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Uh, anything <laughs> you're consuming, <laughs> anything you're consuming. And like, I don't know that Deadpool stands on its own if you haven't seen at least a couple of other superhero films. And I don't know how you could in 2016 not have seen other yeah. films. But like I'm trying to picture like in 10 years, if, if, if this fad has died out and someone just picks up Deadpool and tries to watch that on its own, it is too referential to everything around it. And I know that's the character and I get it. Yeah. You can, you can pick up an old issue of Deadpool and still probably enjoy it. I don't think you could do that with this movie. I don't know. I feel as though not being super into Deadpool, like specifically Deadpool gets a lot of his humor from picking on other, other heroes and other like tropes in the genre. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool. No, he, yeah. So Deadpool specifically is dependent upon like, outside stimuli yeah other so, superheroes being tryhards yeah yeah I, I, I enjoyed it i think it was a good film i just don't know yeah, same. if it will hold up it feels very of the moment and um yeah i don't know anyway Ryan reynolds man that's he did good yeah um, um i need any other hot, takes? hot take yeah, yeah i have brian um, i need to yo i get that my hot take this is it i i get that like when you're building a, a pc that um and maybe y'all don't have this experience but you are a parts manufacturer and you need to like create a a manual that everyone can can that you, that you can quickly reproduce in many different languages so that you can sell it to as many people as possible but man if if part manufacturers could do something when it comes to the directions where each direction isn't just two words. I'd really appreciate it. Interesting. Insert yeah, I can't here, relate to that one. Click this. It huh. took me a while to build, to build this computer last night, but mm. it went very smooth. Good. No cool. problems on boot. Uh, I, there's an overclocking issue right now that I need to fix, but that will happen right after this. Cool. Okay. I think I have one. All right. I think, Next year's D3 is the last year that it gets, like, the media coverage and, like, it gets the response that we expect of E3. So you think that it's, like, next year is the last year that it's going to be deemed as, like, important? Yeah, it's, 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 this next year is going to be the last year that we consider it, like, the video game event of the year. Like, where where it's, like, you need to pay attention to what's going on at E3. Um, yeah, it, it's already sort of like felt with each passing year less yeah. and less important. Like, so. I feel like there's going to be a lot shown at PSX this year. I feel mm-hmm. like Nintendo like has their dates? directs. They have their own thing. The what? Like release dates at PSX? Come on, Sony. Or, or, or like, yeah, or reveals <laughs> even. Like, like I, I just feel like E3 is too... I don't know. It's It's a little too ostentatious. It's a little too big and i feel like companies are going to realize that they can 
they can more effectively, uh, especially cost effective. Uh, you know what's interesting about E3 to me is that like I totally just walked over you. I'm really sorry. Um, no, no. Uh, like everyone in the media, and I guess like the enthusiast press, like the IGNs and the giant bombs and everyone, they always say that E3 is still for stakeholders and like retail buyers. I don't think that. I really don't think that like each of the major companies and their press conferences view it that way. I don't. I think that they know that millions of people are watching from home. That people are taking work off to watch it. Like <laughs> I don't think it's for retailers anymore. I, I think building the fan reaction to impress like yeah. stockholders and things like I because like you see a oh, lot I see of what you're saying. Yeah, you, yeah, you see a lot of changing of stocks after. E3 were like after the re- reveal of the Switch, like Nintendo stock actually went down, which I don't understand. But like, like it, it's more about like, and it, it's in that way that it's for like their shareholders and their stock, where like they're trying to in, like, gauge fan reaction. In. Exactly. Huh. Okay. So, well, but, but I don't know. It 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 just feels like to me the reaction and like the announcements I get from E3 don't feel any different than like a Gamescom or a, um, yeah. not necessarily GDC, but like, I don't know, I guess like all the major announcements do come, but I feel like everyone is trying to own their own media now. Exactly. And, and like no, timing it all with everyone else doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I think E3, we're going to start seeing a lot more like esports events happening there just to try to keep it afloat, try to oh, keep it as relevant. Like I feel like it's going to start becoming more, I, like more enthusiast centric. Like mm. trying to like maintain like investment in the attention span of of the audience. Like I so just being around PAX and like seeing how widely like successful like BlizzCon is and Gamescom and like a, a lot of yeah a lot of foreign conventions even like it's not U.S. centric anymore. It's not yeah it's just not catering to that in the same way that it used to. Where yeah. like now we get everything yeah. instantly and like. Like, despite Nintendo's failures as a company, like, Nintendo Direct in, in and of itself is a huge success. Like, yeah. a lot of people tuned in for uh, a Nintendo Direct on a game that came out, like, five years ago? Yeah, that Animal Crossing thing, the, man. That's, I didn't watch it. I don't have, a, I don't have that game, but... Yeah, like... It's so weird. Yeah, so I, I just feel like E3's on the way out as, like, the gaming event of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but I think uh, that's going to. Oh, go let's, ahead. Let's, let's close it out with that uh, with one question that we got from. Okay. Uh, yeah. One one friend that I bullied into asking us a question. Um, what trends do you guys hope continue over from? Uh, and yeah, this is from George Loftus at JB Loftus on Twitter. Uh, what trend do you hope picks up in 2017 from uh, 2016? Uh, I can start that. Like. Yeah, I need some time um, to think about that. So quickly, Rhodes, what is the tone of Titanfall's campaign? Is it like the, that serious kind of like bro shooter that we kind of uh, generalize those games as? Or is it like more over the top? Oh, is it? I, I would say it's... it's. Is it pretty serious? No, it's not really serious. It, I, I okay. think like everyone in the universe is taking everything really seriously, but it's written yeah. in such a way that like um, the, the viewer or the player yeah. is is like kind of laughing at it and with it. Okay. Um, I, I like that. I, I like its tone. If, if, if yeah, right. it's funny, like it's actually really well written in certain parts. So, 
that's what I hope carries over is like the tone that we get from games like Overwatch and Watch Dogs 2. Like, I want to see us trend back more towards being able to actually enjoy uh, a story or something. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I I even Doom, like, it's like the, the, um, like, yeah, in the universe, you're doing like really gross and serious shit, but then this like incredibly Mm. cheesy, like, heavy metal music kicks in. Yeah. And it's hysterical. Like, it's, it's really fun for, like, like, I, I feel like, like Nintendo hasn't really come out with anything big this year. Like, I feel like that's a big part of what's missing, but I want to see like more like, you know, like big triple a, like fun games where it's like, like, Oh, it doesn't take itself seriously. Like it's colorful. It's vibrant. It's, you know, it actually has like direct attempts at comedy in it. Like, yeah. Like, like overwatch is so goddamn delightful. Like I pick it up and like, it's just so it just fills me with joy, just the characters in the world and everything. Like, I, I hope that that picks up when we see more games that, you know, that are enjoyable. Like, like look, looking ahead, like, what do we have? We have, uh, like the only game I can think of is like, you have Cuphead and you have, uh, ukulele. Otherwise we have mm-hmm. like horizon zero dawn and we have, uh, um, days ends and we have all these things that are still like kind of clinging onto this like super serious gritty, right mentality and i i really want to see us trend back more towards being able to enjoy games in a like fantastical kind of sense um i yeah that's cool Brian, do you have a trend yeah i just want to see more and more emergent gameplay from like systems that just come together to create like cool moments that sounds like the like the, the most that was like back in the box. thing ever <laughs> yeah no like i i really enjoyed in metal gear solid 5 ah uh, all of the like different things that I could do. I could like get in a car and just like drive it at full speed and then jump out and have it crash into someone. And then that system starts up and then I'm stealthing around and doing all this cool, all these cool things. Or I was walking around in fallout four as my character and doing an escort quest of some sort and ran into a, no, I was actually looking for an NPC and, walked into a, a raider camp and it felt like something out of the walking dead almost where I'm just yeah. killing dudes and, and killing ghouls and super mutants roll up. And it was just really awesome to see the game, yeah. like a, a game that like anticipates the unexpected. Yeah. Or like so the, or the it, unscripted. It sounds like you want far cry too. Uh, you know, I tried to play far cry too. I bought the game. I installed it on my yeah. computer and man, that game is hot garbage. It does not, <laughs> it's not compatible with anything and npcs were just bouncing around and uh, all right scenes hot take segments over brian <laughs> <laughs> anyways right. i tried playing far cry 2 to talk about it here and i had yeah, to refund yeah. it oh that sucks um all right Rhodes, what trends do you want to see continue next um year? i ugh, i would like to see more okay so dogs. i feel like we got we got like more yeah, dogs, more, dogs more dogs and games and i want them to be able to vote so Watch that's kind of my trend yes yeah um <laughs> infinite dogs <laughs> I think dogs should vote. I think, um, okay. Real, real trend. Um, I don't know if this is like a, a 2016 trend, but I would like to see more developers take the template established by like gone home and dear Esther and, and kind of play with that type of game the way that firewatch did. Um, I really like those sort of self-contained short narrative experiences. Yeah. Uh, and I like think I'm, Virginia, Virginia is a good example of a game that plays yep. with that format very well. I haven't finished that, but like, I, I like what that game does. Yeah. I like what no, Firewatch I, I need did. To, I need to start Oxen Free sometime this week. Yeah. And I, yeah. From what I understand, that kind of fits the same, a similar mold. Yeah. I just want, um, 
I don't know. Those, that's a, I think it's a great vessel. It's like the perfect passive way to tell a story in a video game is by giving you just enough player like control to sort of yeah. set the pace. Well, like I in like, the way that we, like we wished that Valiant Hearts did last week. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, that, that game would have benefited greatly from just like being a more passive uh, story driven as opposed mm-hmm. to like a tr- puzzle driven game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just want to see more cool uh, like narrative adventures without too yeah. much gaminess to them. Yeah. And I think that, like, like I said, Firewatch between, is, like, is a great example. Yeah. Somewhere between like Firewatch and Telltale. Uh, more like Firewatch, but yes. I, I, yeah. Next week I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about Telltale. Um, okay, cool. I, yeah, I, I, I need forgot a, about it, but yeah. I think I'm an episode behind on Batman right now, but good. We're both playing it then. Um, play it yeah. and then I'd like to talk to you about it because I have some yeah. thoughts. Okay. Cool. Um, that's going to do it for, uh, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to fans of the genre. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. And uh, more importantly, word of mouth gets the word out, obviously. Um, so tell a friend if you like it. And then um, just like grab their phone, input their R- R- our RSS feed and um, make them subscribe. Yeah. And uh, follow so, us on Twitter at fans of genre. Real quick on that, I actually reached out to the owner of Fans of the Genre, and uh, he emailed me, and we like had a little chat. I wanted to get that one, but he doesn't have the email associated with that account anymore, huh. and um, Twitter can't give it to him. So I'm going to keep digging and keep trying, because I think it would be better to have Fans of the Genre. But for yes. now, at Fans of Genre, fansofthegenre.simplecast.fm for um, past episodes. Um, you we can are on iTunes on, and Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever podcasts are. Out. Yeah, Wherever Google podcasts Play, are sold, mm-hmm. ask us questions, tweet at me, because no one ever tweets at me, except oh. these two. Okay, well, tweet at Brian, at uh, Brian T. Swanson, right? Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Rhodes Clark, R-H-O-A-D-E-S-C-L-A-R-K. I'm at Mikey Krieger, M-I-K-E-Y-K-R-I-E-G-E-R. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Please listen next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.